the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into part two of Armchair Politics in the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program today. Joining me for Armchair Politics, our panel of political pundits includes our roundtable regulars on the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome. Always good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Henry, welcome back. Thank you, Dom. And joining us uh, this week, or at least for the first hour in uh, part one, was uh, law professor, attorney, and armchair politics alum J.D. Weingarten. J.D., are you still with us? No, I think he went and dropped off. I know he had some business that he had to attend to, and he said he could only stay for the first hour, but he'd stay as long as he could. Um, and The I, conclusion of the last segment was really good. Glad that you <laughs> loved it. That, was, that helps uh, to bring back the tenacity that people want the, this platform to have. True, um, true. Um, you know, I was going to add in terms of the whole abortion issue, one curious thing even about the 31 law is that it allows it for to protect the health of the mother. But to define that, what does that mean? I mean, if there's a, 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 a certain chance the mother will pass away if she doesn't have an abortion, or one in ten, or one in a hundred, or one yeah. in a thousand, I mean, how do you even define that? That opens the door, like I say, for medical providers. It's got to be a tough call about what exactly what kind of procedures are allowable even under that law if and when that law ever takes effect. And I like the idea of considering when the mother's life is in danger uh, from rape or incest, incest being the worst. Uh, but murder is still murder. And it's uh, against all of human humanity's laws that murder between men and men or women and women or men and women is wrong, and there are law in all lands that protect people from murder, access to murder. Well, I think one of the mistakes that's made by people who uh, support banning abortion is the fact that what we know about when life begins has changed dramatically since 1973. And we need to, you know, talk about that and consider, you know, at one at what point is an unborn child alive? And there there's still some controversy about it, but 
it, it, it certainly isn't the impression that I had back in 1973 that, you know, until a doctor or nurse slapped a little baby on the behind, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't alive yet. Oh, hey, we got, uh, wow. we got J.D. here. J.D. coming back? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Right, me. Hey, I'm J.D., are you, we lost you. I thought yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I, I thought I, you'd I, already I, stepped out. Oh, I'm yes. I'm sorry. I I uh, I uh, uh, technical technical problems in my car. <laughs> ah. When do you want you to run because you were facing a technical problem or you were losing a debate or anything like that? Well, <laughs> you, you missed That's it. Right. Last right. last week, uh, the power at at my house and ultimately <laughs> my studio dropped out about halfway through the show and uh oh man i'll tell you it it just get it gets you down because you know i've got this thing in my old car that uh that, that, it, it, that takes you know programs the phone into the into the uh sound system and it automatically does it and i'm talking on these ipods anyways so you know it's hard to it's hard to do anyways i'm i um Maybe it's better that, that I did drop off. I got a little crazy there, but uh, <laughs> but I have been as as Paul knows more than anybody, and uh, I I review all this stuff on a daily basis, and I I'm I'm just outraged. <laughs> I'm just I see all your posts. Outraged. That's right, Jamie. Let, let me uh, <laughs> let let me bring up this one for this uh, for this segment. Right. It's been a week since the Department of Attorney General requested a special prosecutor to review charges against nine individuals who allegedly stole and illegally analyzed voting machines last year. Among those named in the request are Republican Attorney General candidate Matt DiPerno and Representative Dare Rendon, a Republican from Lake City. Nessel requested a special prosecutor because she and DiPerno are expected to face off in November's general election for Michigan's top chief law enforcement job. DiPerno has maintained that the charges are an effort by Nessel to damage him strategically, saying in an interview with WTKG Talk Radio last week, uh, 90% of the facts that she lays out that she calls facts in her petition are either false or I have no knowledge of what she's talking about. A.G. Nessel has petitioned the prosecuting attorney's coordinating counsel for a special prosecutor to be appointed in the case uh, as first reported by the Detroit News. The request is still pending, putting things at a standstill in the affair for now. How might this affect the November election? Nestle has to back out of this. She has to. Well, she has she in, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, but she has it's, to make it's, sure that she's not part of that. But kind of like like yeah, like was, Kelly, who ran for governor, has may, may rally the Republican base in some odd kind of way. But that that, that may be all it does. I think it's going to turn yeah. off the uh, the independents and, and certainly yeah, if yeah, anybody else is not she, a hardcore. She company. did the right. Th she did the right thing, and uh, but. It's a it's a real tough one for any prosecutor, politically, um, because of the circumstances. Do you yeah. agree with me or not? Do I agree with that she should walk away? Yes, she has to walk away from that to prevent it from being appearing 
political because otherwise people like guy well no not. that's why she and, and she's yeah. done that henry she, she's she yeah. has to appoint a special prosecutor and that's what she should do she did okay. the right thing uh but I, then and i do agree with you on that issue i i i and she, also, she also needs uh, to stay a step out of the comment commentary well you know what henry that applies in my opinion to many of these prosecutors uh, I think that it has become very fashionable for political traction and for conviction traction to perform a trial by ambush type situation. And I'm not just saying anything about Dana Nessel. I'm saying about a lot of them. They've got to temper what they say with the, the fact that a person's presumed innocent until proven guilty. But the mm -hmm. police... Are also I, I, in this perp walk business and, and these press conferences. Well, we've got them, you know. I mean, look, they have, they've they've got an investigation. They've probably done a good job with their investigation. If they want to talk about that, uh, that's fine. Uh, but they, but they, but they. I think it's it's really a hard situation uh, when you have. How are you going to get unfair uh, prejudice? How are you going to get jurors that are are prejudicial are not prejudicial? When it's blasted all over the news media, what happened? It's trial by ambush. And I, I have a problem with that. But it's different <clears throat> on a political spectrum uh, when, it, when it has to do with, you know, certain things. But I, I, I just don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the news media uh, you know, saying the person's presumed innocent and tell them what they've got. But I have a problem when you have a, when you have a lot of this, what I call press work prosecution, both ways. It's, 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 uh, it, you have to keep within a standard. You have to be fair. And, and sometimes, uh, they're not. Well, we've got about five minutes until the next break, and I don't know how much longer we have with J.D., and he wanted to talk about Trump, and I suppose relative to the primaries yesterday in Wisconsin and Alaska, and rather than do the big setup and, and use up a lot of time, everybody knows uh, that, um, that uh, Liz Cheney lost her seat in uh did I say Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say Wyoming. I meant right? Wyoming. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. I missed... They both begin with W. That, that must yeah, be the end of the alphabet for the, for the states. <laughs> well, she can always run in Wisconsin or maybe go to Washington. <laughs> I don't know. One of the other W Anywhere states. Anywhere she wants to. But, but let's, let, me, let me just ask this and, and let it go where it goes for the next uh, four and a half minutes. What did the outcomes last night in... Uh, Wyoming and Alaska say about the future of Donald Trump and the GOP, and what about Cheney's future? Well, I'm hopeful. Well, let me let me say it's it, it showed the same trend that, that they are supporting Donald. It's the Trump, Trump party, and it's the Trump party, and that's and Paul's got it nailed. Now, whether public opinion will sway and change because of, uh, of events that are occurring as we speak. Uh, I'm hopeful that they do, but I doubt they will, because these people are, um, first of all, I don't think they use common sense, and, and quite frankly, uh, with Trump. And to support him, 
and for and and for and for and for people to do that when they're in a reasonable and respectful manner of our rule of law and our constitution, I believe is absolutely outrageous. And I I don't understand. He said it himself a long time ago. He could go out and shoot somebody, and it wouldn't make any difference because people want. He's come out. close to that, yeah. And yeah. and I, 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 and and I think it it shows a very dangerous, clear and present danger to democracy. And I am outraged that people are not coming to their senses and realizing that these people who support Donald Trump are no more than opportunists. Well, we're not dealing with the commercial world. We're not dealing with um, the philosophy of the dog-eat-dog society and working hard and all that. We're dealing with outright tyranny because people don't want to uh, they don't want to admit that this man uh, has done more to desert democracy and to desert our way of living than any other human being in the last 250 years and if they don't admit that and they support something like that which is the Republican Party I say shame on them because they are denying the basic principles of our way of life, that which is implicit in our concepts of ordered liberty and equal protection of the law. And that is wrong. And what are they imparting on their kids? Oh, my goodness gracious. This is outrageous. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, and well, thanks I for doing it, J.D. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. J.D., I just want to let you know that we had the Republican Party uh, convention last Thursday, and the youth, the new people, the Trump people, took the party over. And they were supposed to be dealt. Yes, they took the party over. There was no way you could stop it. They were overwhelmingly, we had 274 votes, 274 delegates. We only needed 74 uh, aldermen and 74 delegates to the state convention. We had 274. The Democrats didn't come close. Now, let me show you well, where the growing is. is that, is that, that, Matt, young, is that Matt Smith and his yeah. group? Uh, yeah, yeah, they don't know. They were at odds with each other. They had a, uh, a focus of their own. And now the uh, state convention is coming up Saturday. Take a look and watch who runs the Republican Party. Then you will say, is it the Republican Party or is it the Trump people? Got to be one well, or the other. But anyway, both. none of the standard old time. We, we Henry, we welcome you to the, to, to the Democratic Party, the party of the people, and the party <laughs> for democracy. And have a good day. Hey, thanks again, uh, thank J.D. You. Take care. That was... Uh, J.D. Weingarten. Great, and, uh, great commentary. He has, to, yes. he has to step out for the remainder of the show. And I have to do a, uh, a break here, but we still have uh, another segment and, of course, tacked on to the end, uh, the X-Files. So there's still more armchair politics straight ahead. If you're listening to us on WFOVLP, our voice is Radio 92.1 FM Flint. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com 
we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be right back. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You are, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com Yellow. Speaking. Oh dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. 
a doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nussel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue with uh, Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program, uh, featuring our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki on the left, Henry Hatter on the right, J.D. Weingarten uh, just just stepping out uh, after spending the last hour and a half or so with us, and uh, always a treat when he can be part of it, but we'll... We'll press on without him as he moves on. It, to it seems so quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we press on without him? I don't know, J.D. Uh, I don't know, Henry, without J.D. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, we, might, we he, might be decompressing a little. He, he represents uh, a, a, a sign of what people are wanting to hear. They want to hear that kind of high controversy until someone is killed or lost. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all fun and fun and games till somebody's tossed off a bridge. That's uh, right. <laughs> right. But, but he's he's a lot of fun to listen to and he got a lot of knowledge and we need to listen to him and so let, does the, the audience. Let's pick up where we left off. I I have to admit um I I really don't know how things are playing out in Alaska. I know that they just started that, uh, that ranked, ranked choice ranked voting, voting yeah. which means it's going to be a few days before they get results or, or finalized results for sure. Um, but what what is the status in Alaska? Do you know, Paul? Well, the last I heard is that uh, Murkowski did make the cut, so she's going to be available to run, and so did Sarah Palin. Uh, made the cut. So yeah. they'll be now, both now, running is in November. Palin's running for the House. Murkowski is running for the Senate, right? Right. Yes. And, yeah. And um, Murkowski made it uh, into the four that go on to November. And uh, Palin did as well in her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Palin finished second, I believe. I think at least the last story I saw. So, but so she made the cut, and I, like I said, with name recognition, she may have the shot. And again, she's got the Trump endorsement. Uh, and uh, Murkowski, of course, voted for impeachment, but still made the cut so far. We'll see if she. I think, and most projections were she's she's got a good chance of surviving up there. Murkowski does, I think, but we'll see what happens in November. Uh, so, what what is astonishing is how many of the. Uh, the Republicans who came out for who were critical of Trump, either with impeachment or otherwise, have fallen by the wayside. Either chosen not to run, or been defeated in primaries, or uh, out one way or the other. It's uh, as I say, yeah, it's almost completely take over the party. And so, yeah. in in other words, these these primaries um, are turning out to be victories for Donald Trump. And in many ways, you know what's what's really amazing is that. I, I cannot think of any other president who's had that kind of hold over a party. You know, Franklin Roosevelt once tried the same thing in the late 1930s. He had some, a bunch of Democrats who were not supporting the New Deal, and he went. He tried to purge them, and he lost almost every election. And I think it was 1938, uh, and he was extraordinarily popular within his own party, obviously. But even he couldn't pull it off. But Trump again has had a, 
a, a decent batting average. Now, he's lost a number, but he's had a decent batting average as far as uh, getting his people Teddy, in, in these primaries. Teddy Roosevelt is about the only one who comes to mind that had as much impact in and out of office as Donald Trump has. That's probably true. That's probably but, true. Yeah, but can, one of the things, one of the takeaways uh, yesterday from some of the coverage I saw was an analysis of the number of election deniers that have yeah. made it into positions where they're they're running for positions in November. Yeah, these are secretaries of states or other election officials of one kind or another. Secretary yeah, of states right. uh, or secretaries of state, uh, attorneys general, and mm-hmm. candidates for governor, and and it's something like. 53 out of 84 of these seats are these election deniers. The Republican that, that, That's nominee. really very worrisome. Uh, it is. More so than Trump himself. So, yeah, I, uh, uh, these, as I say, in many ways, I think I'm worried more about that kind of stuff than Trump himself, whether he runs again or I'm inclined to think that if he does, he's not going to be successful. But you never know. I didn't think he'd be successful in 16 either. Uh, but as I say, the worry of all these folks who are denying the election, raising serious doubts about the whole election process, really underlines democracy in a very dramatic way. That's going to take a long time well, here, to undo. Here it is. Here it is by the numbers. In at least 10 states, the Republican nominee for the job of overseeing future elections is someone who has questioned, rejection, or rejected, or tried to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Secretaries of state will play a critical role in managing and certifying the presidential election in 2024. The distinct possibility that some of these secretaries will be people with a history of election denial is a major challenge for American democracy, especially because former President Donald Trump, who is widely expected to run again in 2024, continues to pressure state officials to discard the will of voters. The Republican nominees for Secretary of State in the November 2022 midterm elections include three swing state candidates who have made efforts to overturn 2020 results in their states, Mark Fincham of Arizona, Christine Caramo of, uh, I think I'm saying that right, of Michigan, and Jim Marchant of uh, Nevada. The Republican nominee in at least 20 of this year's 36 gubernatorial races is someone who has rejected, declined to affirm, raised doubts about, or tried to overturn (laughs) Joe Biden's victory in the 2020 election. And the list will almost certainly get longer when the last batch of Republican primaries is completed over the coming weeks. Is the future of voting in America transitioning to a franchise that belongs to the ruling party? Mm, that's very worrisome. Yeah, it really is. Is this is this more return to Jim Crow? Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure about that because we uh, uh, brown people and black people are faring well in America now today. It's good for the country. They can represent a dimension that traditional Americans don't see. We're no longer the nation of of a ruling class by age, race, 
gender, religion, and money. We are evolving into a pluralistic body of laws to which the Constitution speaks, if this were a case, that they would have, they could have a vote and participate in American democracy. That is what's evolving. But there's a lot of suppressing of that, and people don't see it. It's, that's the outcome of the American political scene. In years I think the most worrisome thing I see is the lack of trust in so many institutions. I mean, the lack of trust in, 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 yes. in the presidency, the legislature, the courts, uh, the media, uh, even the military and police and so forth. I mean, it's, it's, and it's gone on for a long time. It's not just Donald Trump, but he's kind of the prime current example of it. But for the last uh, I don't know, almost 50 years, we've seen a decline in trust in, in the basic institutions of government uh, that uh, goes back to almost the days of Watergate and Vietnam War and so forth and been declining roughly ever since that time. So I'm worried about, um, as much about that as I am about Donald Trump as an individual. Uh, yeah. So he's, he's kind of the current example, it's but true. it's been a long-term problem. It's true that uh, government uh, confidence in government has been declining, but it's also been growing in participation. Women, uh, people of color, and brown people, and all of the others are participating in government. But we're also dividing ourselves by segmenting all. I am not uh, sure. I'm not sure, Henry. I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical because. I, you know, I think the groups you just mentioned are picking up signs, but I'm not sure they're picking up ballots. Well, that's the choice that you they know have what, to make. They have but to do you, you know what I'm talking about, Henry? Because it, just just like you, I think everybody ought to head to the polls and vote when they have the opportunity. Yes, and I agree. And with it you. bothers me that the numbers don't seem to be changing that much. But I can't change that because there's a philosophy of people who think that they've been disenfranchised. And there's a, a taint against the ruling European uh, dominance that black and brown people will never have. And that's not true. That's not true. Although there, there's, there's an interesting... Go ahead, it's kind of a curious backlash. Kind of a curious backlash here. Where, and there's a couple examples where, in some states, where they tried to limit voting by, you know, shutting down the polls and limiting voting hours and all that. That when people were told they didn't have the right to vote or had a limited right to vote, there was a reaction against that. It, it had a slight increase in the, in the in the turnout here and there. Not universal, wasn't nationwide. But there's a couple examples in a few states. I think one was South Carolina where there were a number of laws passed to restrict voting in various ways, and the, the reaction against those laws caused for a, a slight turnout in, the, in the, the following year. So there may be an effect to that along those lines to some degree as well. But, but the bottom line is, yeah, I, the, the lack of trust in institutions is very worrisome. I mean, that, that's really more worrisome for the whole society. Uh, you know, one thing that caused the old Soviet Union to collapse is that at some point nobody believed what they were talking about, the way the system worked. And if the same thing happens here, it could be far more devastating than just one single election outcome. You and I are on the same page, but well, I have a different approach to it. I think that we're getting better at the same time as you say that we're getting worse. We have to be able to recognize where we're getting better. Changes only cover uh, uh, change when they change in a positive way. Otherwise, they decline because of lack of action. 
a, a leadership. Well, you see that in Flint, we have maybe a 20%, I think the, in Flint, not even a 20% turnout for the primary. Uh, and I think you know, Genesee County was a little over 20%, and Flint was around 14, I think, for this past primary. And that's been, that's typical. That's nothing, nothing really new. It's been that way for some time. No, no. And why should we care about people who don't go to the polls? Uh, many of them don't understand the issues anyway. Why should we put so much trust and tender in that? All the people in ancient Greece didn't vote either. Only those who were franchised to vote. And yet the country ran quite well. And Rome, and France, and Germany, and all of those. That, that wasn't always democracy. Well, Spain ran pretty well under a dictator, but it doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. that we want to yeah, promote having a dictator. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let me let me get, see that. if I can squeeze in a couple of more things before uh, before the next break. Rudy Giuliani has been told by prosecutors in Georgia that he is a target of the special purpose grand jury investigating whether former President Donald Trump and his allies violated the law in their efforts to flip the 2020 election results in Georgia. A prosecutor from the Fulton County District Attorney's Office called Giuliani's Georgia Council on Monday to inform him that Giuliani is now considered a target of their investigation, said Bob Costello, another attorney for Giuliani. The development for Giuliani uh, marks the first time a close advisor to Trump has been notified he is a target in a criminal investigation into the then-president's inner circle around the aftermath of the 2020 presidential election. Both the Georgia Grand Jury and the Justice Department are investigating the post-election efforts to help Trump retain his office. Do you think Giuliani is facing jail time? Uh, it might be. Can't rule it out. Yeah. yeah. You know, and really, what, what's really bizarre is that here's a guy, in terms of so many people around Trump who just had been destroyed by him. I mean, here was a guy who was, was once America's mayor after 9-11, and he was looked upon yeah. as kind of a national hero almost, and now he's become this kind of clownish buffoon that, uh, again, may end up going to jail. Yeah, he took risk and taken political positions that had not been thought out and that had not been researched and other people didn't necessarily have a consensus on. So he took a lot of risk. Just by tying himself to Trump, as I say, he he, he once had much... um, you know, a very positive reputation nationwide, even among both parties. And like I say, now he's just this this uh, clown-like character who's painted himself into a corner. Um, I don't know. But again, I think jail time is a possibility. You never know. It's, it's, uh, and, and particularly the kind of pressure they put on some of the folks in Georgia. Um, it's... It, uh, Really suggests a, a real, real possibility. Again, even some, even the Republican Secretary of State in Georgia has said said the count was fair there. So, Tom's still there. Yeah, yeah, I'm still, I'm yeah. still here. I'm just, um, I, I moved some things around a little bit to accommodate JD before he left, and I wanted to see where we're gonna where we're gonna head next and and if there's anything i missed that i wanted to go back and pick up and uh you know i think that uh, giuliani may be trump's weakest link 
Well, he's certainly done some of the most outrageous things in, in, in supporting Trump. I mean, it's, uh, some of the statements he's made and some of the proclamations he's had uh, working for Trump have, have certainly gotten him off, out on a limb. So that, that's probably true. Oh, here's here's one I want to squeeze in before I get to the to the last uh, the last one. The Democrats' budget reconciliation package, which contains several landmark climate and health care uh, provisions, was signed into law by President Joe Biden yesterday. The House passed the legislation titled the Inflation Reduction Act uh, Friday after being approved by the Senate on uh, August 7th on a party-line vote. Still, the effort remains a mere shadow of the sweeping $3.5 trillion reconciliation package that the majority party initially floated last year. After torpedoing the inclusion of any climate or tax provisions in mid-July, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, a moderate Democrat, reversed course. Uh, the measures join a handful of important but narrow provisions to lower prescription drug prices and to extend enhanced Affordable Care Act subsidies for three years. Do you think uh, the recent floods in Manchin's home state turned the tide on his support for efforts to mitigate <laughs> climate change? That's a good phrase, yeah. Uh, oh, you caught it that. It may well have. <laughs> turned the tide. Yeah. <laughs> may have turned the tide. What more ways than one. Yeah. But but do you think that had an influence on on him saying uh, you know what maybe yeah in a serious way yeah I mean, well have. I mean let's say it's 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 one thing to to denounce uh, big government until you actually need it in your home state yeah uh, you know also I think he's influenced by he thinks that the Democrats have uh, uh, as J D Weingarten says the Republicans on a rope and he he can switch one. He's not really being truthful about what what he proclaims to be. The no, I mean moderate. he's really in, he's in the catbird seat. I mean he's he's always been the guy to yes, yes. go to guy to decide whether or not Democrats pass stuff. So if he switched parties, he wouldn't be in the same kind of role. But uh, the other thing is, of course, he's from West Virginia, which is a very very red state. So I mean, up, up to a point, you understand where he's coming from. Uh, he's not going to be able he to may get the, in West Virginia. He may get the same treatment that uh, that the Wyoming uh, uh, election provided uh, for this Cheney. Yeah, the mirror image. Um, yeah. yeah. The FBI is investigating an unprecedented number of threats against bureau personnel and property in the wake of the search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort, including some against agents listed in court records as being involved in the recent search, a law enforcement source told CNN. The Bureau, along with the Department of Homeland Security, also has issued a joint intelligence bulletin warning of violent threats against federal law enforcement, courts, and government personnel and facilities. There's been a phrase brewing on CNN. I don't know if other networks are, are using it, but more and more we're hearing sort of predictions of uh, civil war. Yeah. I've, I've heard the same thing. I mean, I, I've heard the same thing. Is civil war? And, uh, do you think civil war is brewing? I, now I remember interviewing. Um, oh shoot, what's his name? Alan Keyes, 
this was more than 10 years ago and he was he was predicting it then hmm. and and not well, in the interview no... that I did with him for the air but I I went down to to Louisville and and met with him and did the interview and then he and I spent a couple hours you know at dinner talking and and I asked him about uh about guns and civil war and so on and 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 he said that he really could see civil war on the horizon and now i'm hearing more and more people talking about it and i just i just wonder if these these recent uh, attacks um you know the the gunman at the fbi office uh, yeah, just this last week if if we're you know if well, and the insurgents on the Capitol. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's something I would have never considered as seriously two years ago. But all of a sudden now, you wonder. How, I, mean, you, I, think, I guess my, my reaction is that you can't rule it out. I, I don't think it's likely, but it's for the first time, it's, I say you, you can never say it's impossible. I, yeah. I just and can't. I, I can't help thinking when I hear people using that phrase, you know, civil war is coming. Um looking at the the capital insurrection as uh, a modern day fort sumter uh yeah yeah almost a, and again even before the, the the january 6th we had a similar event in lansing here in michigan which uh, many people saw as kind of a a warm-up to the january 6th events um so, I don't know it's, and and it's, i it's, think it's and i think there have been domestic terrorist acts that were were really uh, early raids. I'm not entirely yeah. sure that we couldn't take it all the way back to the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah, I, yeah, I suppose. It's, I mean, there's always been that anti-government sentiment that goes back forever in this country. In some ways, it's always, but it's been below the surface. But also, the events of the last half dozen years have really brought so much of that forward. In, in a very, very dramatic way. Go ahead, Henry. You know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, reiterate what I thought last week. Now, you said that you, you interviewed uh, this uh, legislature back in 10 years ago uh, from Texas, I believe it was. No, Al Alan, uh, Alan Keyes was, Alan uh, Keyes he was the Oklahoma. one who ran for president once. He was actually from out yeah. east somewhere, but he moved to Chicago to run against uh, Barack Obama for Senate. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I think that more and more Americans are tired of hearing about black and brown progress in this country. And it threatens them. And it doesn't take a genius or a Philadelphia lawyer to understand that. Um, and, and that has to be resolved as long as not all Americans are like that. Oh, probably the majority of them. I believe in open the doors for opportunities for people who are bound and black and women and all of those. But there are still some out there who don't think that this country is a multicultural, whether you're talking about race, age, gender, religion, or any of that. That's who we are. The Constitution defines it for us. And until the people who uh, don't want to accept that the nation has changed. It's no longer all whites from Europe uh, who are well-educated and money and yeah. power and position and stuff like that. 
But there are others who have risen. The world has well, changed. Well, we have to take a short break, so I finally did get a chance to cut him off. We'll be, <laughs> hey, we'll be right back. Six. Well, thank you. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMagno. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Lone Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan, Flipflip Technology, My Community College, Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon, they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Do you ever feel like you need an attitude adjustment? Are you wishing there was a magic pill or a new app for your mobile device? Why don't you try live local music? Music can make you dance, bring back fond memories, inspire you to be more creative, whether you attend a child's school concert or recital, go to a local symphony concert, Visit local bars and restaurants that feature dance music, sing-along piano, or jazz and blues. Music could be just what you're looking for. Supporting live local music is more than a way to support your local artists and economy. It's a great way to improve your own quality of life. Support live local music. This message is brought to you from the Tom Dana. Dana? Something must be wrong. She never calls. Dana? What's wrong? Take this down. She's stranded on the side of the road. I'm not. She needs us to send her an Amazon gift card. I don't. And she'll use it to pay the tow truck driver. I won't. Mom, Dad, that's not me. It's a scam. 
Scam artists will call, text, or email people trying to get them to buy a gift card from Amazon or some other company, and then ask for the gift card number over the phone. Remember, gift cards are for gifting, not for paying people. If someone asks for payment using a gift card from Amazon, Target, or some other store, it's a scam. Hang up or delete the message. These scammers are awful. Wish they'd pretend to be her brother sometimes. Be nice to hear from him. For more tips on avoiding scams, visit michigan.gov AG for your connection to consumer protection. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the final segment of today's edition of Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. That segment known as the X-Files, those weird and wacky stories that uh, uh, are strange but true. Uh, and here's, here's one that's uh, kind of different. The Noah's Ark attraction built in Kentucky by a creationist group has made a number of eye, eyebrow-raising claims, but the prankster duo known as the Good Liars zeroed in on one of the strangest dinosaurs. The Ark Encounter purports to be a full-size version of the Ark as described in the Bible, which tells of it carrying two of every animal to preserve them from a global flood. That includes dinosaurs, as Jason Selvig and Davram uh, Stifler learned during a recent visit. And that's not all. The dinos were actually dragons. Dinosaurs were wiped out roughly 65 million years ago, give or take. However, the creationists behind the attraction believe Earth is only about 6,000 years old with flood taking place about 4,300 years ago. The creationists also claim that humans and dinosaurs coexisted at some point. One display inside the Ark Encounter attraction even suggests that there were gladiator style fights involving humans, uh, giants, and dinosaurs. Although it's not clear when the Good Liars visited the attraction, they posted another clip several weeks ago from the Creation Museum, also in Kentucky, and run by the same organization that showed a not-creepy-at-all display of humans living with dinosaurs. Is the Noah's Ark attraction in Kentucky suggesting that the Flintstones was actually an animated <laughs> documentary? <laughs> Probably they are, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> I thought that was a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I think I saw a parallel story to the, with that Noah's Ark thing, <clears throat> that uh, with all the flooding in Kentucky, that <laughs> somehow the exhibit got flooded, which seems kind of odd for the Noah's Ark exhibit. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's ironic. Well, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a you know, I, Go ahead, Henry. When you step and think about the, the evolution 
of, uh, that we study and that we have come to believe uh, 90% of. But uh, it would take more than 6,000 years to uh, go through mutations that create this kind of intelligence in a, uh, in a human being, for example, or an animal with 90% of the gene uh, construction that human beings have. And I, you know, I just think it took a buku amount of time to do that. And, and Homo sapiens, uh, maybe not exactly Homo sapiens, but Cro-Magnum man must have existed many, many years ago. And they evolved. It takes a long time to mutate through things. Uh, oh, oh, oh Henry, right I was going to say, when I look at the, the Flint City Council of the School Board, I have some doubt about that evolving intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, there are those cases where there's doubt. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> well, a South Carolina man is aiming to break his own Guinness World Record by taking his custom-built golf cart to speeds exceeding 150 miles per hour. <laughs> Robbie Steen of Fort Mill, who previously set the, the uh, Guinness World Record for fastest golf cart with a 118.76 mile per hour drive in 2014, said he will attempt the record again, and this time he expects to increase the record to faster than 150 mph. Steen, whose family business Plum Quick Motors has been building golf carts for 46 years. Said his latest uh, speedy cart has been six years in the making. Would you want a golf cart that could beat the ball to the green? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Are you kidding? Gee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, um, you know those things become airborne because of the, the air <laughs> that flows underneath it. It's, <laughs> it's just barely hanging on the ground. You know, it's like the boats that tip over backwards and explode. Uh, I wouldn't want to take it on a golf course because the golf course is hilly and bumpy. Exactly. It's Gee, tear up the golf course. I'm just struck by people well, who do very strange to get the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. There's any kind of great, great honor having the world's fastest golf course, but it gets you in the Guinness Book of Records, I guess. Uh, so I don't know. Well, Although, if they're in the golf cart building business, maybe this gets them some attention, I suppose, uh, for their company. But we have to give the guy credit for genius. He is advancing the cause of humanity. Yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering. Doing something that the rest of us. Did can't he put do. a Corvette engine or something in the golf course to make it go, go yeah, golf that's what, make it go that fast? <laughs> but he, but he had, if he did, he had to wait to it. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, to keep it from flying. Um, right. Well, anyway, that wraps it up for today's edition of uh, the X Files and for Armchair Politics. I want to say thanks again to J.D. Weingarten who had to step out. Uh, earlier in the hour um but as always i want to say thanks to our roundtable regulars paul rosicki and henry hatter um it 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 always makes it fun to do this you guys it's always a pleasure and, Good to be here and, and i'd yeah. like to say, give my thanks to jd weingarten who always comes and offers 
things uh, that are new and different and unheard of, and he adds to the intelligence of the group. And uh, Paul, for you, for you uh, thank you so much for all of the great responses you offer, and you help us think about things and think through things that makes this program a good program. Uh, with a chair who asks the right questions, who take up positions yeah. when he doesn't agree, and uh, he uh, supports positions of his own beliefs. So it's good. Fair to everybody. Well, I, um, I, I did want to share a, a quick follow-up to last week's Armchair Politics. You know, we got knocked off the air for about 45 minutes while I scrambled around and got the generator fired up and got back on the air during the third hour of the show where we were back on the air and finishing the doing the second half of armchair politics i took the first eight minutes of the hour before and spliced it on top of the hour from the week before that oh. same hour so by time we finished the show the repeat that started at noon was a full three-hour show and repeated over and over until the next day's show. And so we started the first hour with all the introductions, and then about eight or ten minutes into it, it flipped over and just played whatever was left of that hour from the week before. So if it seemed a little jumbled up, that's why. <laughs> well, you had a lot of scrambling to do last week when things <laughs> all the power went out. That's oh, and, well, you did a good job. And and you know yeah. what else? Um, interestingly, or or maybe not. Maybe it's too much inside baseball. But that power outage that I had disrupted. Um, it it uh, blew out the the sound cards on uh, my CD players. Oh, oh. Fortunately, yeah. I uh, did a little poking around online and found a couple just like them. For a little less than what I paid for one of them, I got both replaced. So, hmm. a lot of last-minute scrambling. <laughs> very, 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 uh, very unusual kind of program last week. That's well, true. you know what's funny is I actually uh, went shopping for that gas generator for power outages in the winter time when the show would go down. That I wanted to be able to, you know. Um, continue to do the show because I had that right. that auxiliary power. But, but anyway, well, how many watts did you have to have? Five thousand? It's 3, uh, I think it's four thousand. Four thousand? Yeah. I think that's the one. How much that did that cost you? You know, I I I don't remember. Sandy uh, ordered it online, and I I don't know that I ever saw the final bill. Well, but I, I can I find out. How much, yeah. I can, I can okay. find yeah, out. Yeah, we'd like to know. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's Smoking okay. George tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on out of here, but I'll be back tomorrow with another Don't edition. forget the Republican convention on Saturday. <laughs> good good <laughs> reminder. Keep us informed, Henry. Okay. Democrats are doing okay. the same thing. Anyway, I'll be back yeah, tomorrow. Okay, let's I watch hope, them both. I hope you will, too. Uh, in the meantime, good night, everybody. program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions 
most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.